problem is, I think most of us look at websites as these kind of static entities where, you know, copywriting is how can I come up with the common denominator baseline copy that will appeal to everyone? Where if you could just say directly, this is how this will help you, you know, I mean, that's, that's what people want. They want to know how can you assist me. Welcome to Honest E-Commerce, where we are dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And I'm your host, Annette Grant. And we believe running an online business does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. If you are struggling to scaling your sales, Electric Eye is here to help. To apply to work with us, visit electriceye.io slash connect to learn more. And let's get on with the show. On this episode of Honesty Commerce, we talked to Brennan Dunn of Double Your Freelancing and Write Message about personalization and segmentation for your e-commerce store. Welcome back to another episode of Honest E-Commerce. I'm here with Brennan Dunn of Double Your Freelancing and Write Message fame alongside of Annette Grant helping me host this fabulous podcast. Short story, I actually have been following Brennan since before the agency, but since before the podcast, I was actually at his last conference we met. He gave me some amazing actionable advice back then that actually kind of helped me steer the course to where I am now. So thank you for that, Brennan. Yeah, happy to help. Alrighty. So today's topic is something that's getting kind of a buzz right now. And that's marketing segmentation and personalization. So uh, what makes you an expert in that? Well, I think... I mean, expertise is just, I guess, doing a lot of the same thing again and again and getting a lot of data about it, right? So without really knowing what I was doing, I've been doing some form of segmentation and personalization specifically for my, my main company or my first company, I should say, uh, W Freelancing, for the better part of the last four or five years. And I can talk a bit more in a second about what that meant. And in the since last, really since last January, so exactly about a year, I was, I'm the co-founder of a company called Write Message, where what we do is we enable people uh, to very quickly and easily start to segment the traffic that comes to their website and also personalize the experience that they have on their website uh, with the intended outcome of making websites and products more relevant to people. So they're more likely to buy. So everyone's happier. Really, since I want to say 2012, I've been doing things around... Uh, it started simple. Like if you're anonymous and you're not on my list, then I want you to get on my list. And then if you are already on my list, instead of trying to get you back on my list, I would instead show a product to you. And, and that's kind of where it started. And then I went more uh, complicated where I would do things like, well, what if they're on my list, but they're this type of business or they're this type of person and so on. So I've been doing a lot of that more manually for the last few years. And then with Right Message now, we've developed an off-the-shelf product that um, makes it really accessible to anybody regardless of... you know, I'm a developer by trade. So it kind of was always frustrating where people would see what I was doing and say, how can I do that? And my default answer would be hire a coder. Um, So you know, I've been kind of helping through Right Message make it so... Really, anyone who runs an online business can uh, not need to hire a coder to make stuff happen. All right. So when we're talking about segmenting and you know bringing it back to kind of like uh, an e-commerce perspective, so I own a store, right? And I sell, let's just say, I sell shoes. I got my own shoe brand. You know, why is personalization such a big deal to me? Think about it this way. So if we, you if you are at a let's say you work at a shoe store and somebody walks in the door. 
typically a few things are going to happen. First off, you're going to, I mean, whether we admit it or not, we're going to kind of judge their appearance and say, well, they're probably here for a set of new Nike shoes or are they here to get really nice like business type shoes. And, and typically speaking, you're going to go in and you're going to talk with them and you're going to ask them about styles they like and, and so on. And you're going to kind of curate their experience to get them the right products, right? Also, if they're a returning customer, if you've already served them in the past, you you might you know do things a bit differently. Maybe you reference their the thing they bought from you before. So typically speaking, the way I look at it is there are two different dimensions that I like to think about when it comes to segmentation. The first is who demographically or in a B2B sense, who firmographically is this person? Are they um, male or female? I mean, if, if they're male, you're going to show them men's shoes, female, female shoes. Um, are they younger, older? Are they maybe, uh, you know, like what are the different kind of demographic things that inputs that you can use to do things like showcasing social proof? So again, if if I'm at a online shoe store and I'm looking at the homepage, I'm going to want to see that hero area and maybe, you know, a testimony or something. I want to see people like me in that, right? So if I'm a, if I'm a business owner and I'm looking for really nice Goodyear welted other shoes, that's what I'm going to want to see versus maybe somebody who is somebody not that who is looking for something totally different, right? So that's that one dimension, which is you know who somebody is, and then who somebody is, and the other thing is what they want. So are they shopping for themselves? Maybe they're shopping as a gift for somebody else. Maybe like why is it that they're looking for shoes? Is it because they uh, their current shoes are falling apart? Are they uh, looking to kind of improve their wardrobe? You know, so on and so forth. When you can figure out the who's and the what's, you're able to better recommend, better personalize you know, the experience somebody has. So whether it's showing different product copy, depending on who's looking and, and re-describing a product, just like you would offline, right? So when I sell in person, I, you better believe by taking into account who are you and you know why are you here and what do you want. I tailor the offer based off that. So it's just about being able to do that in a way that is pretty much infinitely scalable and automatically done on your website. That's incredible. So if you were to, you know, off the top of your head, how would you come up with that segmentation strategy for for that that owner? And then I guess maybe a, a bit more about the technology behind it. Like how how are you doing this? Okay, well, let's we'll start with that. So there are really two ways to profile somebody or to segment somebody. One way of doing it uh, behaviorally is through, let's say you're running a lot of ads and you're running different versions of these ads that have different ad copy that target different types of people. You can pass along as URL parameters back to your website information about who is this ad targeting? You know, is this going to men? Is it going to maybe women ages 18 to 30? And that information can be sent along to your website. So now when they're clicking around your website, you remember that. You know that info came to you from Facebook. And you can start to do things like switching out the testimonials and so on. Um, so that's one way, you know, that's one behavioral way through the inbound ad. You could also look at, like, for instance, let's say Mary's shoereview.com sends you traffic. You can include maybe a testimonial from Mary front and center when they come over to your website because those people presumably trust Mary and her opinion and so on and so forth. So when people from that blog post, let's say, click over your site, you can take into account, well, who reads this website? 
maybe this is a website read by you know, stay-at-home moms or something. So when they come over, you can assume that's probably potentially who that person is. And you can, again, change up the experience that they have. So there's behavioral ways. And then there are explicit ways. So this could be an on-site quick little survey pop-up. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, hey, who are you shopping for? Myself or you know, a, my partner or kids or a friend or something like that. And you can ask these questions both on your website. You can ask them over email. So you can include trigger links in the emails that you send that continue to segment who somebody is. You can also send them to a survey form if you wanted to. So one, one technique that I like to use is do like an annual survey of your audience, your list, and tell them, hey, we want to better serve you in 2019. Can you quickly fill out the survey and tell us a bit about how we can best help? And then when they submit that survey, that gets associated with their profile in your email marketing app. So when they're now back next on your website, you're going to take all that data into account and give them a better experience. Brennan, do you have any advice on... It, maybe it's the annual survey or just the pop-up survey. How many questions you should be asking so that your consumer doesn't get annoyed by the questioning and you're trying to extract you know, as much information as possible? How many questions would you suggest? So usually, a lot of our customers are doing between three and five. And the okay. first question should always be a, a why. Like, how can I help you? What do you need from us? I've seen where people start with like demographic information, but that there's nothing compelling for me to say, oh, I'm a 34-year-old male. You know, that's a bad excuse or a bad example. But you know, that's not as compelling as, hey, welcome. How can I best help you today? Oh, I need help with this or I need that. Once they answer that question, then the likelihood that they answer the following questions goes through the roof. So um, typically, I, I, I see three to five with the first question being something centered around how can I help? How can I assist? Or how can we assist? And is that... Do you suggest open-ended questions or you know just like A, B, C, or D choose? Well, open-ended is good if you want a lot of raw data. Okay. But it, it, from the perspective of segmentation, it needs to be one of many. Because if it's a paragraph of text, you can't really extract out the sentiment and put them into a group that way, right? Like they need to choose, you know, so like, why are you here? Choose one of four options. You can only segment if they they explicitly bucket themselves into one of those four options versus a, you know, open-ended paragraph. And response rates are higher too, because no one, it's easier to click a, you know, I'm this versus fill out a form. Do you have a survey app that you can maybe suggest for our listeners? That you use? Yeah. So, I mean, for on site surveys, so unobtrusive pop up surveys, we write message. My product has that built in. Awesome. Um, but for hosted, let's say you wanted to do a traditional kind of survey monkey type thing. Um, I really like Typeform because it's good looking and it also integrates with software like Zapier or a lot of email marketing apps. So, you can say if they answer this option, then store that option as, you know, tag them in, in you know, Shopify or, or not Shopify, I'm sorry, Clavio or Drip or something like that, right? Based on their answer. So that way they answer some questions, then future emails you send them can be more personal, but also when they come back to your website to buy something, that same that same data can be brought over to your website. So they you know continue that theme um, from email to website. Yeah, you touched on something there that actually I'm going to just kind of explain a bit because it might get confusing for some people. When you're talking about creating these tags and segmenting your audience, 9 times out of 10, default Shopify, Magento, Squarespace, any of your 
you know, your CMSs for your e-com store isn't going to have that capability, nor is it really useful to custom dev that into your store. But these, you know, ESPs, extended service provider, like these email platforms like Klaviyo and Drip, you know, MailChimp, you can t- store those tags in there. And that's what Correct. Brennan's talking about. Correct. Yeah. And what's nice is you can make it so, I mean, obviously, if the tag is housed in Klaviyo or something, you can make it so when you send an email, you can say, if, if they have this, stick this paragraph of text, or that, put that paragraph of text in email. But then you can also make it so when they click over from your email to your website, there's identifying information passed along saying, hey, this person visiting the website is Clavio subscriber number 123. What do we know about that person? And then that can be synced over to your website. And it sounds, again, really... And it used to be extremely complicated because this required a lot of custom code. Not to tout my own thing too much, but that's one of the things we tried to do is make it so it's easy for your website to be in full synchronization with the subscriber data that you have about the person who's on your website. I mean, let's talk about how powerful this can get. Give us what is what is the fav- your favorite thing that you built on Double Your Freelancing that was powered by this segmentation? I think the the like one of the really fun things has been to make it so so my my other business Double Your Freelancing. It we help freelancers and freelancers could be developers, they could be marketers, they could be designers. You know, there's all these different types of freelancers. And I remember once uh, somebody was looking at my course on pricing and emailed me saying, hey, I, I've heard good things about this course, but it looks like it's meant for developers and designers. Um, just reading over what I wrote. Um, can this help me? I'm a copywriter. So she emailed me and I replied saying, you know, to be honest, it's not specific to any technology or anything. It's, it's just a course on how to go about selling your services. And the reason that you see copywriters and developers and stuff, or not not to copywriters, developers and designers as testimonials and you see language that they use is, well, that's my background. And a lot of the early customers were people like me. And so I thought, well, how many other people were like this woman who had that same objection, that, that same thought, but instead of emailing me, they closed the tab or click the back button. So I went about making it so... You know, I would I would learn things about like you know what kind of work you do, and are you solo, are you an agency, or maybe you haven't started yet. And then what I would do is I make it so I would reposition that course on the fly based off that. So if you are a design agency who is struggling to close proposals, when you're looking at the W Freelance Rate sales page, it's going to be talking about design agencies. You're going to see social proof from design agencies who have succeeded with it, and you're going to see stuff about how this course specifically will help you overcome your proposal issue. And it's exactly what happens. So if I'm at a conference, and let's say the conference is a conference full of marketers, and somebody's talking to me at one of the after parties, and they ask me about you know, what it is I do, and they ask about, say, that product, I'm going to take into account, I'm at a marketing conference, I'm going to talk about how this helps marketers, right? I mean, it's, it's natural. This is what we all do. And it, it just allows you to do that, but automatically. Support for our podcast comes from our friends at Simpler, a new way to staff 24-7 sales and customer service on your e-commerce store. It works with your existing email and chat platforms, so setup is quick and easy. 
Simpler's network of on-demand US-based Simpler specialists are standing by to answer your customers' most common questions. Set it up for free today and then turn it on or off depending on your customer volume. You only pay $2.25 for every resolution. No hidden fees, contracts, or minimums. Close more sales with Simpler by staffing your email and live chat around the clock with Simpler specialists. Start your free 7-day trial at simpler.ai slash honest. That's S-I-M-P-L-R dot A-I slash honest. Let's tailor that over to go back to this shoe store that we, we were, we've been fictitiously talking about. What would be the strategy behind... you know How would we use personalization on this website to sell more shoes? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think typically personalization done right, what it's going to do is it's going to increase engagement on your site, right? So it's going to keep more people on your website. And, and everyone wants that niche website, right? Like, like niche stores do really well because people want the thing made just for them. So let's say you could find out somehow that this person really cares about build quality. This person really cares about ethically sourced you know, materials. This person really cares about style. So let's say you found out you know, through serving or something like that, these different things. And I could say, oh, Brennan, who's visiting now, cares a lot about sustainability. Whereas Annette, who's visiting now, cares a lot about you know, how it's constructed and so on. So when describing a product, when you know, kind of the overall theme of the website, what you could do is you could make it so let's change up a, a headline to say, you know, how is this sustainable source? How does this, you know, gonna help, you know, whatever, right? Like and you can you can focus on that. Whereas a split second later, Annette shows up. She doesn't care about that as much as I do. She cares about instruction. And you could talk about how the craftsmanship that goes in each shoe and so on. So you know that that's Obviously, it's case by case basis in terms of like what are the different segments that you would you would focus on, and what would you do when somebody's in this segment versus that segment. But typically speaking, like a you know if, if a, you have a really compelling headline on a page that is speaking directly to a thing that I care about, I'm more likely to say, you know what, I'm going to keep reading this page and keep reading when they have to, you know what what they're selling and so on, and engagement goes up. So the whole goal is to make it so if I can see how this is more relevant to me based on data that you know. So are they a returning customer? Well, you don't need to really talk about people who have not bought from you have objections that people who have already bought from you and are coming back don't have. Right. So they, you know, maybe they're not as trusting or whatever else. So you can you can change things around a bit. Like maybe if a returning customer is coming back, maybe give them a returning customer discount or something like that. Whereas somebody who is coming there for the first time would see maybe some other offer or something like that. So you're able to do pretty much virtually anything you want in terms of changing content, calls to action, offers, and so on. Again, based on who they are, what they want. And also, I didn't mention this before, but where they are in the buying buying cycle. So maybe anonymous people, you want to get them on a list to get a one-time discount. If they've already done that, when they come back, instead of then hitting them with another pop-up saying, type in your email address, which is useless because you already know your email because they've already done that. You could say, you know, hey, Brennan, you still haven't redeemed your 10% coupon. Click here and we'll automatically apply to your cart. And then if I come back after being a customer, maybe I see some sort of you know, customer-focused promotion that you're doing. Um, so you can, you can pretty much sky's the limit in terms of what you're able to do. 
But what we've seen work really well is being able to do things like, based on who they are, change up social proof, change up the those introductory headlines that draw people in uh, based on what they want or why they're here. Again, change up language that draws them in. Um, and also based on where they're in your life cycle, are they anonymous, are they a customer, so on and so forth. You could change up calls to action and, and you know different things like that. I'm going to ask a question that I already know the answer to, but it's going to really help our audience. Uh, this sounds like a lot of work, Brennan, and I don't want to do it. Yeah, I actually I'm a store owner, Brennan, so my mind is like spinning because I segment um, and I do most of the work on my own. I segment my email list, but I'm kind of kicking myself right now because I do not segment the messaging on my homepage. What a DIYer like myself, where do I start with that? That, that's what led us to create right message. Okay, because um, <laughs> I'm overwhelmed with thinking that I thought I was on the right path with segmenting my email, and I'm like, wait, I'm. But the people that are just finding me, the anonymous, I'm probably losing them with my messaging, which is well, scary. You see this a lot, right? Where I think the email marketing apps are doing a good job at talking about the need for personalized email. But the mm-hmm. problem is, purchases happen on websites, right? So you get an email with a promotion or something, but you're still brought back to the website. And oftentimes you'll see this, you'll you'll get an email from a e-commerce company, you click through, and then like a pop-up shows up immediately asking for your email or you know something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Because they tend to be designed for anonymous traffic. Right. Like most of us are thinking, okay, I want people on my email list. And so I'm going to do this exit pop-up or I'm going to do this welcome map thing that slides down when people show up. And that's all, that's all good and well. But again, if, if somebody literally just got an email from you and they click over from the email, why would you ask them their email, right? So we built WriteMessage as a off-the-shelf tool that what it does is you sign up for an account, you uh, integrate it with just a click with whatever email marketing app you use. So we don't have Klaviyo yet. We're working on it, but we do have Drip and ConvertKit and HubSpot and a bunch of other ones. And what that will do is once that happens, we then give you a JavaScript snippet that you put in your theme file, right? So this would be um, typically wherever you put the Google Analytics script or the Facebook retargeting pixel, you put it there. And then what, what this will do is it'll make it so if somebody is on your list and comes back to your website, we'll then associate this visitor is this person. And then you can do things like... Um, you can basically set up very simple segments like if they have this tag, if they have the customer tag and drip, let's say, then they're a customer. And then you can do something like, and it's all point and clicks. So I can click on a headline and say, welcome back customer or welcome back their, their name even. So wow. I can even ask them directly. Wow. But if they're anonymous, we want to say something else, right? And so you can, you can visually point and click on anything on your site and change up virtually anything. And you can tie these changes to be based on data that you already have about them. And if they're anonymous, let's say that they came from sustainableshoereviewblog.com. You can make it so when they click over, we don't need to ask them what it is they want. We can probably assume that they care about sustainable stuff, right? So we answer that question for them. So that immediately when they come over, they're not hit with a question. Instead, it's saying something about how you know these shoes are sustainably sourced or something like that. Right, so that's the that's the power of it, and that all you need to do is you define your segments. So we've got you know in terms of what do people need, or why are they, what do they care about, build quality, sustainability, style, whatever, 
And then you define how people get into these segments. So, uh, you know, if we don't know anything, we're going to show them a pop-up widget, a little question widget. But if they came from this domain or that domain, or maybe they clicked on this ad or that ad, we're going to put them automatically into the segment and not ask, right? So they click on an ad that's the ad copy and the ad, you know, the messaging on that ad is all about craftsmanship quality or something like that. We can automatically answer that question effectively for them and put them in that segment without them needing to engage in any way. So once you've done that, then all you do in our visual editor is just click on what you want to change, swap out a picture, swap out a video, replace this headline, change this button or whatever you want visually with it, no code based on when somebody belongs to one of these different segments you've defined. And so the easiest way to probably get started, like I could mirror my email segments to the right message. Is that how you would normally start a customer yep. out? Cool. And so then- let's say you have a segment that's defined by, they have this tag, but not that tag. You could then just define a segment and write message that is the same thing and say, look for this tag, but not that tag. And it depends. Some ESPs expose their segment, like Drip doesn't expose segments via their API, so you need to reconstruct it, but things like HubSpot do. So with them, you wouldn't even, you could just mirror the saved segment that you have uh, within their backend. And then how is, how is your product priced? Uh, it depends on what you want to do with it. So it starts at 29 a month. And what that gives you is just serving. So if you just want an idea of, let's say you just want to ask people, why are you here? You know, are you this or that? That's called our, um, our uh, survey plan. And what that does is all that will give you is it'll give you high-level data over time about how, how the people on your website break out, right? So 30% are this, 20% are that, so on and so forth. The next tier up, which I believe is 39, um, I don't have the price in front of me right now, is enriched. What that will do is when people answer those questions, it will store that data in your email marketing app in real time. Or if they're not on your email list yet, it will wait until they opt in and then sync all that data up. So they could go and answer a few questions, go away, come back a week later, go on your list. At that point, we'll sync up all that data we've already remembered about them. And then the high-end plan starts at uh, 79 a month. And that is personalized, which allows you to not only do that kind of surveying segmentation stuff, but also change content, change any content on your website uh, based on the data that you're collecting. One of my last questions is, do you find that your that right message is helping stores to see segments that they weren't even aware of? Because I feel like I know my segments, but I have a feeling like you would be able to show me some things that I haven't been able to deduce on my own. I mean, stores with high volume are able to very quickly set up a new question. Like, So for instance, I did this on W Freelancing. I asked, you know, what is the number one thing you want to focus on in 2019? So when I'm emailing people out my newsletter, 50,000 people get this email, goes back to my blog. They go to my blog, they're reading the newest article. This is a new question. So I'm able to effectively survey everyone on my list when I send them all back to my site with that new question. I was able to get some data that will help me plan what I'm going to be doing this year. So I think it's super helpful in the sense of being able to quickly set up a question, collect some data, either keep that running permanently or just kind of shutter it after you you know what you got from it. But yeah, I mean, so what I've done is let's say, so I I actually do this. um, I don't do it anymore, but I used to because I have better data now. But I used to ask, which what kind of freelancing do you do? And one of the options was other. If they clicked other, 
they would get an email from me immediately, basically saying, you know, hey, I, I saw you, you're not doing one of the ones I defined. I'd love to hear a bit about kind of what kind of business you run and how you best self-describe yourself. So can you just reply to this email and let me know? So what I found interesting was I would ask things like, are you a designer, a developer, a marketer, writer, and so on? And people would click other and say, I'm a UX designer, or I'm a uh, branding person. And I, I would have thought they're the same thing. But it was interesting learning that they actually don't... Some, some branding people don't, don't uh, consider themselves to be designers, which you know, I, I didn't think, but you know, I was able to kind of rewire my, my understanding of, of that group of people that way. So um, you definitely do find out. Uh, one of our customers, Pat, he's changing up his entire strategy this year based on data that he collected on his website just by people coming back to his blog, by his newsletter, or people just showing up from scratch. Um, about you know who they are, what stage of business, what stage of their business they're in, and uh, answering questions like, do you have an email list? Do you have a podcast? And he was able to get all this data, which helped him now better determine what it, how is he going to best market and grow his business uh, next year. That's fantastic. All right, you've got me sold. I'm I want to personalize my website. You know, give me. Do you have like some uh, some do's and don'ts for me? I think a lot of people make the mistake, and we, we, we see this a lot, in thinking that you know, they kind of get overwhelmed. And they're thinking, wow, this is an, a giant project, right? Like I need a, Almost like if they were redesigning their website, they need to plan it all out and make all these decisions up front. But the way that I look at it is, if you can just start by doing something simple, like if they're on your list, don't show an opt-in. Instead, bring them to your newest products page or something like that. And if they're off your list, then get them on your list. Something like that, which you know, with the right message could be done in less than half an hour, probably start to finish your first time. So you know, get that up and that way you'll start making it so when returning customers or subscribers come back to your website, they're gonna be instead of being harassed to give you their email, they're gonna be given something a little more useful to them, like, hey, why don't you go check out our new products or something like that. Um, so I would you know, start there and then you can start to add complexity over time. But I see a lot of people who, who look at it as either I have a personalized website or I don't have a personalized website. But I can tell you firsthand that I've been evolving the complexity of my personalization for the better part now. Realistically, with the, since I've done this right for the better part of the last two years, it started out very... Well, back in 2012, it started out super simple. And then two years ago, I redid all my site and stuff. And I started kind of from scratch the personalization strategy, and it's gotten more complex and more complex over time as I start seeing data. So the big thing is we A-B test everything. So you're able to see concretely, this is how your control, your unpersonalized, say, product page performed. This is how it performed when people who were getting personalized to engage with that page. So you're able to make a clear-cut decision and see exactly, okay, well, you know, this is 8% more sales are coming as a result of doing this. So let's. What else can I do that with next? And um, that's that's always my advice: is don't don't go, don't think too much ahead. You know, start start simple, start small, and go from there. Yeah, I think that is fantastic advice. Not only if you wanted to get started with personalization or just with anything SEO, you know, any email of those marketing. big things. Exactly with email marketing, you know, a lot of people are like, well. Then I got to come up with a strategy to email them every every week. Like I don't know what I'm going to say. It's like, well, you're not even asking for emails right now, so maybe you start with that. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, give people on your list and you'll figure that stuff out later. And that's actually what we tell people to do is, you know, we're usually saying to people, don't even start on our personalized plan, which lets you change content on your site. Start with like Enrich, where you can start at least segmenting your list. You can, you know, get this on your site. Within five minutes, you're now asking questions to people who are now hitting your site. All that data is being sent up to your email marketing app. And lo and behold, a few months later, you're going to look and you're going to see all these segmented subscribers that you didn't have before. You know, segmented out by who they are, what they want from you, you know, so on and so forth. The app is not too old now. You're going on a year of business. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. What What do you see is the difference between the people that are ending up in segmented lists and then the subscribers where you just have their emails? Is you know, is there any sort of uh, oddities that you find? You know, any correlation between one time purchases versus you know people that are more segmented? You usually repeat customers. Um, well, it depends on how you're segmenting, right? Like, I mean, a lot of so I. My primary lead magnet on W Freelancing, for instance, and I know it's not a traditional e-commerce store, but we sell a lot of courses. So same rules apply. Um, but when I, when somebody opts in, I ask them, "Who are you, and what is it you need this course to help you with?" So you know, I get that data upfront. It's mandatory that they tell me, and then um, I definitely have seen a correlation between. When I'm able to tell somebody, basically throw back at their face. It's like, hey, you said you're struggling in this way. Here's exactly how this product will help you overcome that struggle that you have. You know, people generally like that. I mean, again, it's people want that specific niche product or service made just for them. If I know the best way to sell anybody, and I used to do a lot of agency work back in the day. And if I, depending on who I was talking to and who referred them to us and so on and so forth, I would change really my entire strategy and how I went about telling them about why they should work with us. So again, this all this is kind of standard practice offline. And we've been doing it really since probably the dawn of time, since we first tried to convince anyone to do anything, right? Like you take into account who are you speaking with and what is it they need? Why, why would they care? And the problem is, I think most of us look at websites as these kind of static entities where, you know, copywriting is how can I come up with the common denominator baseline copy that will appeal to everyone? Where if you could just say directly, this is how this will help you, but then somebody else comes and you you switch it up and it's like, this is how this will help you. You know, I mean, that's that's what people want. They want to know how can you assist me. Awesome. So, Brendan, I think that's a good place for us to wrap up the show. But a uh, couple of things: where can our uh, where can our listeners find you? And if they're interested in your product, can how can they reach you? Do you have anything you can assist them with? Yeah. So, if you want to check out what we do and everything else, it's at rightmessage.com. Um, although I advise you to rightmessage.com/slash/honestycommerce. Now, this is actually you're going to get personalized. The full disclaimer: I'm going to automatically put you in the e-commerce segment. I'm hopefully going to get you guys to give me a testimonial so your pictures and what you say will be front and center on the website. Because again, your listeners trust you. They don't know me. And um, I'm going to do that automatically through the right message. So um, <laughs> obviously in the show notes, if I'm linked to from there, the same rules will, will apply. Yeah, but if that's at rightmessage.com slash honest e-commerce. But if you want to say hi or write me a note, uh, Brennan at rightmessage.com is my email. I try to at least acknowledge and respond to every email I get. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. I learned a lot myself. Not a problem. Yeah, happy to be here. 
We can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing the truth. Links and more will be available in the show notes. If you found any actionable advice in this podcast that you'd like to apply to your business, please reach out at electriceye.io slash connect. Please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice.